0: If you're new here, I've got a free gift for you on how to scale your agency to multiple six and even seven figures and beyond by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself from the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is text the word FREEDOM to 720-792-8036. Again, that's 720-792-8036. Just text the word FREEDOM, and I'll send you the free gift on how to achieve freedom in your agency and life. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver, and today we're hanging out with Jack Schepler. Jack has been a member of U Academy for many years. Uh, He runs a digital agency called AOK. He grew this business from a small, creative, freelance practice into a amazing seven-figure agency that's working with, with healthcare, nonprofits, and other small businesses in and around the Indianapolis area, plus national and international. And we've spent a lot of time together, and this is the first time that we're bringing him on to the, digi- the Digital Agency Show. So Jack, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, um, man, let's, let's talk about it. Like you're, cause I think the creative freelancers start is where either one or two things, right? People are in that position today. They feel like they are that creative freelancer, or maybe they, um, are a couple of steps graduated from their creative freelancer, but they're not quite yet feeling like they're a full fledged agency owner, or maybe they're an agency owner and they're going to have fun reminiscing today with you about what it was like to, to get started as a creative freelancer. So so take us back, man. What, well, where did the journey start for you?
1: Oh man, uh, this goes way, way back uh, when I was fourteen or fifteen, um, and uh, in you know nineteen ninety eight or so. And uh, my parents ran a small town newspaper and wanted a website. Well, they uh, noticed that I was super interested in making websites. I, I made a, uh, I maintained a music website. I uh, wrote album reviews and posted photo galleries and all that kind of fun stuff. And they asked me to make their website, so yeah, I made this website, and uh, it just kind of my interest in and in create, you know, web design and that sort of thing kind of started there.
0: So the uh, the small town newspaper has the fifteen year old kid <laughs> yeah. create the website for them. So that's that's awesome, man. Did they did they pay any money for it, or was it like uh, no. part of the chores?
1: <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope. I was just super interested in coding and and making things live on the internet at the time. So that that was kind of that. The other website was my music website. And that really kind of, you know, that newspaper is long gone. It didn't even survive before uh, everyone was talking about newspapers surviving. But, uh, you know, I had that music website and I was that 16-year-old emailing Live Nation, asking for press passes to cover concerts. (laughs) The first one I did, I actually was at Warp Tour, and I was supposed to be working at the alternative press booth. And the guy at the booth, well, I, I took my camera and he said, how'd you get your camera? in? you're not supposed to have that in here. They, <laughs> they take those at the door. And I, I don't remember how I got it in, but uh, he let me borrow his photo pass. I took photos of a couple of my favorite bands. That day, I actually met in the photo pit, the, uh, the photo editor for rollingstone.com. We exchanged business cards and he sent me an email after I published my photos and said, Hey, you took some really great photos. And that kind of inspired me to keep doing that. So this is when you was... were
0: 16. Yeah. Yeah. 16 <laughs> in, in the photo booth, networking, giving a business card to the rolling. Stones. I'm sure yeah. there's a lot of people that are like, man, what was I doing when I was 16? I certainly wasn't <laughs> yeah. doing anything productive, right? That's awesome, man. I love, I love hearing that story. So what was your first like paid client?
1: Well, um, gosh, my so my website that I was running, I was making money from ads. The music, so I had, yeah, the music website. So after that initial gig, that initial you know taking photos when I wasn't supposed to, I sent that to other promoters and uh, and whatnot, and asked for photo passes, and I started getting them. So I uh, over the years I was a photographer at Coachella, Lollapalooza, Pitchfork Festival, Warp Tour. Bonaroo was... Uh, I, I was there several times. I was just super into it. Made money from... Very little money from my website, but I loved doing it. And then I eventually uh, became a freelancer for a local alternative news weekly here called Nuvo. They paid me. That was cool. I started making uh, a little bit of money doing that. But yeah, so I had the web design, photography, music
0: thing going there. Cloudways is excited to offer our listeners a $50 hosting credit in addition to their amazing benefits of their agency partner program. For more details, head over to com slash Cloudways or use promo code D-A-S-C-W when signing up. Let's get back to our show. Very nice. So so you started doing kind of... Essentially, you were you were very freelance driven, right? So you, you did some work with oh, yeah. the Alternative News Weekly and kind of picking up odd jobs uh, here and there. So... When when did it start to become you know I say legit business but when did it become when you what, what was the moment where you were like maybe this is more than just Jack you know doing some things and and making some money here and there and kind of making ends meet
1: sure so um, in high school I was super involved in video production I was in my senior year I was in the video studio four of the seven hours of the day in in the pro class as a as a I um, uh, had an independent study in video editing I was the teacher's assistant, super into video, but I also made their website, right? Go to school. uh, I went to Ball State for video production. And I worked as the web developer for the video production department. (laughs) So I just kind of never got away from web. um, (laughs) I I feel like that was probably the
0: time where like, if you could build websites... Everybody's like, "Oh, we need a website. We need a department yeah. website." Or you know, it was like you became like the web person, right? Like you were yeah. you were the person that could solve that problem for everybody.
1: Yep, yep. So I I did that uh, for gosh three years of my of my, or maybe maybe five years uh, at <laughs> college, and uh, while I was there, I started freelancing. I bought the domain for my my current company. I bought AOK.com in two thousand two, actually, and uh, at the time. My freelance gigs for web design were, uh, uh, let's just say, I, I definitely did a couple websites that were like two hundred bucks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so two hundred was your your starting line. Uh, I think I think my first website was was five hundred dollars. So um, you, I had you, no idea I, where to start. <laughs> I, I don't know if that means you beat me or I beat you or you know, because like now looking back, it's like well, I did one for two hundred. It's like well, okay, all right. I can't you know, humble beginnings. Remember.
1: I I definitely did one for two hundred. It was a uh, a website for a metal
0: music festival. <laughs> so I feel like that could be a two hundred dollars website, right? <laughs> yeah. I was just talking to somebody who was like, you know, oh man, they were they were committed to work with those brand new bands. For clients that you know, I was like, "Well, you have a band. Like, do brand new bands have any money?" And they were like, "Absolutely not." Nope. I was like, <laughs> "I was like, hmm, like long term market potential. Like, I'm just not feeling the vibe, right?" But you know, whatever. So, so when when was like when do you feel like it started becoming more of like a uh, hey, this could be more than just Jack?
1: Well, um, yeah, I, I mean, after college, I started working at an agency as their first empo- their first full time employee, I should say, and. That was cool. I got my my feet wet and working with real clients and how you actually price clients and and that sort of thing. Uh, worked there for five years and and left there uh, on good terms. They sent me with you know at that agency. I did all of the e commerce work, so they actually sent me along with the e commerce clients. That was very nice. And uh, for years, it was uh, you know I, I had maybe one contractor at any at any moment, um, mostly as kind of an assistant or. Or that sort of thing. Um, I didn't really start to build a team until 2019. So, uh, yeah. And that was uh, shortly after I joined gurus, of course.
0: So, so free, I mean, really like freelance creative from, I mean, over 10 years. I mean, I guess, well, you were, you were doing the agency work for five years. So that's, that was right. kind of a, but, but, but close to that much, much total time.
1: Yeah. I left uh, the previous agency 11 years ago. And started AOK. Wow. So I was, uh, it was just me from 2000. Well, just me, or maybe me and one other person from 2011 until 2019. Uh, I did have someone working for me for several years as a contractor uh, during that time. He actually left five years ago and rejoined my team in this last year. So that was kind of cool. He left his other company to come back and work as an actual full timer uh, for AOK.
0: What do you think has been the biggest change for you in your role in the business from when it was just a freelance practice to, you know, now? I mean, how many people are on the AOK team now? Uh, eight, eight people. Okay, and then are you? Do you do hundred percent of the work in house, or do you have other contractors?
1: Oh yeah, we we have several contractors. So uh, I really like the the hybrid model. We have you know we do all of our strategy and project management and that sort of thing in-house. And then we'll bring in people as necessary, depending on what we're doing. Now, some of the services we offer, we are now doing in-house instead of just strategy and project management. But that's kind of where it started. But yeah, we have uh, contractors for uh, content writing, for design, and for development. Okay. Okay.
0: So, so, so eight people plus contractors. So then, yeah, what's, what's kind of your biggest, the biggest shift for you personally?
1: I mean, delegating <laughs> by far, number one. It took me uh, all that time before I joined, uh, before I you know started hiring full-time people, to realize that you can't you can't grow an agency with just you. It's just not possible.
0: <laughs> what what are some things that happen? Well, to the ex- to the extent yeah. I wanted
1: to grow it, anyway. you can <laughs> grow it by yourself. Don't get me wrong, you can grow it by yourself, but there's a, a threshold of time where you you know. You, there's a wall that you hit if you don't start um, expanding your team.
0: What, what was that? I mean, how did that show up for you? Was it just like, hey, Jack just didn't have time for anything? Was it like you weren't able to achieve the the financial growth that you wanted in your, in your life or maybe some combination thereof?
1: Yeah, I, I would say a combination. Uh, certainly, time was the big thing. And even just investing the time to get to that point felt like a lot. Um, but those are you know, it's a, a no pain, no gain kind of, kind of thing there, right? Uh, you got to uh, spend the time getting people trained up to be able to do the work so that you can then move your time into something else. Yeah. Like focusing on the business instead of in the business.
0: What are some of the things um, on the business that have had the biggest impact to you going from, you know, the one person shop in 2019 to now eight people in 2022?
1: Well, for one, um, being able to spend time on the team, right, building the team and that sort of thing, but also just our own marketing. Uh, we put off, you know, when it was just me or me and one other person, we we didn't make time for our own marketing. In 2018, our website was the same website it was in 2011.
0: <laughs> so what does that mean? Like make time for our own marketing? I mean, does that just mean like you carve out like an hour a week or is it is it more than that?
1: Uh, so at that point, and even I mean, still a, a lot of our work comes from referrals and networking and that sort of thing. Back then, it was especially so, right? No one was finding our website. no one you know, there was no marketing efforts whatsoever. And when you actually carve out time to create a strategy for marketing and carry it out yourself or for your own company, it ends up that that's that's part of growing,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. so so speaking of strategy, I know when I introduced you. And I love that your website, you know, clearly states um, that you work helping public health organizations grow their authority, promoting healthy living and family fun, or creating a more equitable world. AOK works with brands and organizations that make the world a happier, healthier place. Which I, I, first of all, I love this like statement because it says like who you're working for, who you're working with, right? Public health organizations, but it sounds like other, you know, maybe even nonprofits or businesses that are kind of promoting that same uh, that same idea. Is that something that you kind of arrived at with some 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 tweaking, um, or was it kind of the result of the clients you had? How how did you come to that kind of mission statement that uh, that direction?
1: Well, uh, so before, well, honestly, before working with you, I was uh, very much the "we'll do anything for anyone" agency, <laughs> and sometimes it still feels that way. But w- when it comes to marketing, your agency, uh, uh, you need to speak to the people that you're trying to work with. Um, if you talk to everyone, you're Get to reach no one, right, uh, uh, or potentially reach no one. So we've uh, our initial niche um, several years ago. It was like, well, our biggest client is Zestri Kiwi Fruit. Let's focus on 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 uh, uh, fresh produce as a niche. And we went to fresh produce conferences, and we uh, you know we did we did a, uh, some work in that niche. We worked with an apple company and and a couple other companies, but. Kind of what really happened was at one point, it was just like, wait, I, I don't have any background in, in that niche. I don't... It's not like I particularly love fruit and vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> like there's no... It was a strategic choice, really. And then just kind of came around to the idea of, well, I've been involved with nonprofits, on boards, doing donation drives, all that kind of stuff for years. Why didn't... Why don't I focus on something I'm passionate about? And that's really kind of how we landed on that.
0: Hey, agency owners. Are you looking for a strategic and reliable white label partner to scale your agency business? E2M is the number one white label partner for digital agencies when it comes to website design, web development, e-commerce, SEO, and content writing. E2M is trusted by over 150 agency partners and has been providing white label services for the last 10 years. Their team has over 170 experts and is on a mission to help 500 agencies increase their revenue and profit margins with impactful white-label services. Check out their transparent and flexible white-label pricing at e2msolutions.com forward slash uGurus. That's www.e2msolutions.com forward slash UGUR-US. 2 m, E2M is currently running a special discount for 10% off for your first three months. Check it out now. It's available for a limited time. A lot of people look at the nonprofit market. And, and I mean, nonprofits, it's such a huge space, right? I think there's like a million plus organizations in the US that are technically like a 501c something, right? 501c3 or, or different, different nonprofit status. And so I feel like a nonprofit, it's a, it's a very big ballpark. And a lot of people will be like, oh, well, nonprofits don't have any money. And then like I talk to other people and they're like, landing big projects with with nonprofits what what's what's your experience been
1: yeah so um both of those are true <laughs> there <laughs> there are nonprofits with no money and there are nonprofits with a lot of money the thing to consider with nonprofits is that often they look like they have a lot of money but those they have grants and those grants have to go to specific programs nonprofits that are good with grants and good at raising money can know that they need good marketing and a good website and those sorts of things in order to continue growing. Uh, so usually when you see nonprofits that don't have money, to me, that just means they don't have the infrastructure for getting grants and for um, fundraising and that sort of thing that the other ones do.
0: Mm. So it's almost like for them, for within that market, the ones that value website and, and marketing and positioning... Oftentimes, have more. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they end up raising more money because of it, right? Maybe right. it's like a chicken or egg problem. Like they they use those things to raise more money, and then you know they have those things because they're raising more money, right? But right. Um, but so 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 finding organizations that are good at the grant process.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would say we, most of our clients are larger nonprofits, or at least when I say larger, I mean ten people or more. But we have, we do have several uh, that we work with that are one person shops, but they uh, just, for example, they might have an annual event and they need people at that event because that's how they, that's how they make money. And so they know that they need to invest in marketing and have really good marketing strategy in order to get people to that event in order to get those donations and etc.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So what are what are some things that you've done that you feel like have worked well in terms of of being involved in that space? I mean, are you active in your community? Are you volunteering on boards? Are you advertising? Uh,
1: yeah, to all of that. Um, <laughs>
0: so
1: uh, this is actually my 12th year on the entertainment committee for Indie Pride Festival. Uh, I was previously on the board for four years uh, back in 2012 to 2016. And I'm now the entertainment director. So I'm, I'm working on that. My... This, is, this will actually be my fourth, no, my fifth year as entertainment director. I got lucky my first year and booked Lizzo for almost nothing right before she got famous. So that was, they're trying to keep me around because of my <laughs> magic <laughs> magic ability there. But I have also joined uh, the board of Damien Cares. Damien uh, is a local uh, HIV service organization. Uh, and I've joined uh, one of their two boards. And then I'm also on the board for, for Outcare Health which is a national nonprofit that uh focuses on connecting LGBTQ people to to uh affirming care like affirming healthcare providers and that sort of thing.
0: Very nice. So so yeah. very active in the community. Yeah. Very active within within that market, which is which is awesome. And then um I know you've got also a history of of really good SEO um for for your mm-hmm. clients and your own brand. So I assume that's a part of the mix as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. SEO is probably our most the The service that we do the most of, uh, and we just have really amazing case studies for that. Not just for nonprofits, but also for e-commerce clients and uh, and Zespree that I mentioned earlier. They were a really great case study. I think in our first year with them, we increased their website traffic by like four hundred fifty percent, and that's that's a nice case study to bring out.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, you gotta love those kind of marquee result ones. So, uh, well, Jack, this has been a lot of fun, man. I love I love hearing your story. I saw a shout out. On uh, our, our Facebook group, somebody said that they love this story. So I'm sure this is connecting with lots of folks out there uh, in our audience. Are you... Uh, you got a couple of minutes to stick around for our lightning round? Sure. Yeah, that'd be great. What is the best advice you've ever received? Listen. Which of your person... <laughs> <laughs> the one word. Yeah, that's good. That's good, man. It's pro- we probably could all do it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success?
1: Honestly, I, uh, you know, we just talked about music and, and photography and all that. I also DJ and I've DJ for many years. I DJ at a, a, a monthly here in Indy, and it's a passion of mine, and it's great for networking, right? Uh, the, the people, that, yeah, just getting involved locally, uh, it's, yeah, it's fun.
0: Very nice. Well, the DJ is definitely the front of the room, right? Where, where all yeah. the action is. Everybody wants to meet the DJ. So <laughs> uh, great, great networking there. Can you share uh, an internet resource or an app or tool that you've been using lately that you think our listeners would find valuable?
1: I've been super... I, we uh, became a HubSpot agency uh, fairly recently, and I'm loving HubSpot. It's very, uh, very helpful.
0: And what book would you recommend and why?
1: Uh, what's that book that you wrote? Uh, no, I'm just
0: kidding. <laughs> uh, get Rich in the Deep End. Um, yeah, I, what, what were you saying, Jack?
1: <laughs> there's a couple books behind me that I helped edit. I can I can yeah. plug those. Yeah. i any, any, um, any
0: recent faves?
1: Uh, gosh, I would. I really... Uh, man, I think w- probably one of my favorite books I've read is the... Oh, uh, gosh, what is that called? I didn't know I was going to get asked this. Uh, what's that book about uh, going from being a... A, a technician to a manager to an entrepreneur. E Myth, E Myth, yeah, yeah. That was that was a, a great book. Uh, honestly, that kind of was part of my mindset of I've got to find some kind of coaching program years ago so that I can level up and and not just be a, a, essentially a freelancer forever.
0: Awesome. We we will link out to the E Myth as well as HubSpot's and other takeaways, notes, links from today's episode at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. So if you're out there on the road or on a run or like me on your bike and you don't have a pen and paper, just go to yougurus.com slash podcast. Look at Jack's picture up at the top and you'll see him. Click on him and you'll get all those notes, takeaways, key points from today's episode. Jack, how can folks find out more about you? Is there anything that you have they can check out?
1: Yeah, I definitely. I would love to uh, meet people on LinkedIn. It's just Jack Schepler. My website is a y o k a y dot com. I like to spell it out because it's a, it's a weird spelling. Yeah, I think that covers it.
0: Well, we will link out to your LinkedIn profile as well as aok.com. And if you're wondering about the spelling of that, just check out YouGurus, go to podcast, click on Jack's photo, and we will link you to the correct spelling of aok. <laughs> dot uh, com. That's a y o k a y dot com for the record. Jack, <laughs> thanks so much for stopping by the program today. Absolutely, thanks for having me. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and remember you want this free gift all about how to scale to six and seven figures and beyond in your agency just text the word freedom to 720-792-8036 that's the word freedom to 720-792-8036 until next time i'm brent weaver